The Washington football team is going to be at home as they take on the Dallas Cowboys. For the Dallas Cowboys, they have a lot of things going on with this team right now. You got clobbered by the Arizona Cardinals this past Monday night, 38-10. You have players calling out coaches behind their backs, saying that the coaches don't know what they're doing. And listen, I kind of have to side with the Dallas Cowboys players on this. Now, could they win about the situation a lot better Yes, I believe that they could. But, I mean, in terms of the coaches for Dallas not really knowing what they're doing, I kind of have to agree with them. Now, I know I may not be the most qualified person to try to critique an NFL head coach because I'm pretty sure they know way more about football than I do. But, I mean, from my short experience playing football um, in high school, middle school, Pop Warner, Junior P, we all that good stuff. The good teams, the majority of the time, with the good coaches, don't turn the football over and they don't have a lot of penalties. Meanwhile, the bad teams that don't have the great coaches have a lot of turnovers and a lot of penalties. So, I mean, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they have four turnovers versus the Arizona Cardinals. And this isn't nothing new. The Dallas Cowboys have been turning the football over pretty much in every single game they played so far this season. They don't take care of the football. They're sloppy. They're not disciplined. The players aren't in the right spots. The players are blowing assignments, blowing coverages. I mean, it's just an absolute mess. And I mean, you can't blame it all on the coaches because at the end of the day, the players have to go out there and they have to execute. But I mean, I think that this coaching staff for Dallas does deserve a large amount of the blame for the Dallas Cowboys struggles. And I mean, on top of that, your best player, Ezekiel Elliott, he can't even hold on to the ball. Like the guy who you are relying on to carry your team with that Prescott being out for the remainder of the season is fumbling the football, giving the football look like it's a hot potato or a hot pocket or something like that. So, I mean, you can't win games if your star player is turning the football over. And, I mean, you can't win games if you're turning the football over and you're having a team that's committed all of these penalties. Like, this is the sign of an undisciplined team. And a lot of Cowboy fans are saying that this may be one of the worst Dallas Cowboys teams in NFL history. So, I mean, Mike McCarthy may be a worse head coach than Jason Garrett. And, I mean, Jason Garrett was, he wasn't great, man. I mean, it was a lot of 8-8 eight and eight seasons and a lot of underachieving under Jason Garrett. But, I mean, Mike McCarthy so far, he makes Jason Garrett look like a superstar head coach based on the performance that he's had so far during his short tenure in Dallas throughout this season. So, I mean, for Washington, I mean, you have no room to laugh for all you Washington fans that are watching this video so far and laughing because, I mean, your offense doesn't even have a pulse right now. I mean, do you know the last time Washington scored more than 20 points? Week one. That was how many weeks ago? Ever since week one, Washington has not put up no more than 20 plus. This offense has been pathetic. And, I mean, last week, you lost to the New York Giants 20-19. to and Ron Rivera decided to try to win the game by going for it on the two-point conversion. And listen, I don't never like I never like the fault coaches for being aggressive. Okay, because if you feel like you want to win the game, try to get it done, okay, I would never fault a coach for being aggressive. But I mean, there are a lot of factors that you have to take into account when you choose to go for it on fourth down or when you choose to go for the two-point conversion. 
Like, you have to know, you have to kind of have a feel of how the game is. Like, your team has had the momentum. Your players have to, you know, believe in it, okay? And during that time of the game, Washington was barely struggling to keep up the Giants, to be honest with you. I mean, you had that interception that pretty much tilted the momentum in the Giants' favor. Then you had Washington that went down, scored the touchdown. But, I mean, I just feel like Ron Rivera... Lived up to his name, Riverboat Ryan, and he didn't really do a great job of filling out the situation. Like, he just wanted to be aggressive, and he just wanted to go for it. But, I mean, Washington's offense hasn't really been great. So, I mean, I can't really fault him because if I was him, I wouldn't trust this Washington offense in overtime neither. So, I mean... I don't blame him for going for it. Like I said, I would never fall a coach for being aggressive. But I feel like that wasn't really the best situation to go for it. Like, if I was him, I just would have kicked the ball and go to overtime. Because you have Daniel Jones, who is a turnover machine. You have the opportunity to try to get a turnover. Maybe your defense forces something and gets the ball back to your offense on the short field or something like that. But, I mean, like I said, I'm not faulting him for going for it. But, I mean, I just feel like, you know, that wasn't the best of time that he could have went for two to try to win the game. So, I mean... Well, Washington's offense finally wake up and score more than 20 points in this game. Because, I mean, I've been waiting for it for the last, what, five, six weeks for Washington to score more than 20 points. And, I mean, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I mean, this offense is struggling. They really can't run the football. I mean, this passing game is improving with Kyle Allen at quarterback. I see a little bit of improvement there. But, I mean, overall, this offense still struggles a lot. I mean, they're not really good on third down. I don't really like the play calling. So, I mean, you're facing a Dallas Cowboys defense that if you're Washington, you should have a pretty successful day in being able to move the ball downfield and being able to score because the Dallas Cowboys have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I mean, these cornerbacks aren't really good. They aren't really getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback up front. I'm, and, I mean, these linebackers have really underachieved. And this is supposed to be one of the best linebacking cores in the NFL. So, I mean, if you're a Washington football team fan, um, you have to be really confident about your offense going in. But, I mean, once again, this is the same Washington football team offense that had this New York Giants defense looking like they were all pro studs out there. And, I mean, the New York Giants don't have a bad defense. Don't get me wrong about that. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I think that a handful of teams in the NFL right now could put up more than 20 points on this New York Giants defense. So, I mean, this is going to be a really interesting game, man. Um, Dallas is 2-4. and four. Washington is 1-5. Whoever wins this game, they put themselves in a good spot to try to win this division. And, I mean, this division has been off, has been terrible. It's just no way to slice it. Uh, you have a lot of bad teams. You have Philadelphia that's battling injuries. Washington, their defense is really good. But, I mean, their linebackers aren't really great. Um, and for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, you just have a team that, once again, has underachieved with another underachieving head coach. So, I mean, the NFC East, man... It's going to be a cat fight to see who ends up winning this thing, man. We could very well see a 7-9 win this thing. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a team that went 6-10 to win this thing, if that's even possible. So, I got to choose a team to win this game. I think I'm going to give Dallas the victory here because at the end of the day, uh, I think Dallas is a, well, Dallas has a talented team from a time perspective. It's just that they just kick themselves in the foot too much with all of these turnovers. Like, if Dallas can play a complete football game without turning the football over, they will win the majority of their games. But they simply don't do that. But, I mean, you're facing a Washington football team that I don't think their offense can make you pay for turning the football over. Like, if Washington gets an interception and unless their defense, like, puts them inside the red zone or on the opposite side of the 50, 
and Dallas territory, I don't really think this offense is a threat to really do anything with it. So, I mean, if Dallas does cough the football over a good amount, I mean, I don't really think Washington has the offense to make them pay unless they're able to, you know, get in good field possession off it. So, I mean, I think Dallas wins this game. I'm going to take Dallas to win 28-20. to 20 is my final score prediction in this game. I think Washington fails to hit 20-plus points once again in this game. Give me Dallas to win. And I don't say that with a lot of confidence. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert is searching for his first victory as the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Jaguars are trying to get back in the win column. They haven't won a game since week one against the Indianapolis Colts. And if you're a Jaguars fan, man, you have to be really concerned about this offense heading into this game because... Your offense put up 16 points against the Detroit Lions and only 14 points against the Houston Texans. And what's concerning about that is the fact that neither one of those teams have a great defense. Um, the Detroit Lions defense is average at best, and the Houston Texans have a below average defense. So this offense has really struggled. And the reason for that is because they can't get the run game going. James Robinson, I mean, he's been effective. He's pretty much been the best player on the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. But I mean... He's able to make plays happen in the passing game. Hasn't really been all that effective in the run game as of late because teams are keying in on the run. And he's not really having a lot of opportunities to get a lot of yards in the running game. So for the Jaguars, man, I think you have to try to find a way to get this run game going, which is going to be really tough to do because the Chargers have a really good defense. And also, you see the limitations with Gardner Minshew. You see... Early on before the season began, I was defending Gardner Minshew, saying that Jacksonville Jaguars should build around Gardner Minshew and that Gardner Minshew is their franchise quarterback. They don't need a Trevor Lawrence. But now I'm starting to realize why people were making the suggestion that maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars should try to go ahead and try to tank or try to get Trevor Lawrence. And the reason for that is because Trevor Lawrence, he has a really good arm. He's really good at throwing the ball downfield. Meanwhile, you have Gardner Minshew, who, I mean... He doesn't really take a lot of shots downfield. He doesn't really have the arm strength, and we can kind of see that. And, I mean, it also doesn't help that Jay Gruden is his offensive coordinator because Jay Gruden is more of a West Coast guy, so he doesn't really put a lot of emphasis on trying to throw the ball downfield. It's more dink and dunk with him trying to be efficient on offense. So, I mean, this offense doesn't have a lot of big plays. And, I mean, they're only 23rd in the NFL in yards per pass. So, I mean... I think that's something that's really holding back the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. And also defensively, this secondary has been awful. I mean, I know they had some injuries to their secondary. C.J. Henderson missed a couple of games. But, I mean, still, like, I mean, instead of searching for a quarterback, I think maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars should also put some emphasis on trying to draft a cornerback in the first round because they desperately need it because this past defense has struggled, especially for their entire season. If you're Justin Herbert, man, this could be a very big day for you because you're facing a Jacksonville Jaguars offense that's allowing 270 passing yards per game, which is currently 27, 26 in the NFL right now. So you look at how this Chargers offense has played over the last couple of games, ever since Justin Herbert has taken over the reins, they looked really impressive. And I mean, Mike Williams, man, this dude is incredible, man. I mean, Justin Herbert looks like he's got a good connection with him and... 
ever since Justin Herbert has became the starting quarterback for the LA Chargers, the Chargers have been pretty competitive in almost every single game they've played ever since he's taken over the reins. And I mean, the Chargers are heading into this game as an eight-point favorite, and rightfully so, because the Jacksonville Jaguars, they can't really stop anything on defense. They struggle stopping the run. They struggle stopping the pass. And I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to start getting healthy. Um, Josh Allen... Um, I think he could play in this game. Don't really know for sure. They're desperately going to need him. You also have LaVisco Chanel and DJ Chark, who both participated in Thursday's practice, even though they were limited. So you have to feel pretty good about their chances of playing in this game also. But even if the Jacksonville Jaguars do get fully healthy, um, I still don't really know if that's going to result in this team performing any better because the LA Chargers man like they have things going the only thing that the Chargers struggle with is closing out games late and a big reason for that is because although Justin Herbert has played great what a lot of people don't really talk about because people only like to focus on the positive but the negative of Justin Herbert is that during the game in like the third or fourth quarter he'll make a mistake that will cost the team like against Tampa Bay he had like a crazy interception when he basically instead of you know um, throwing the football out of bounds or something like that. He threw the ball into the middle of the field. It got picked off. And then against the Kansas City Chiefs, instead of running out of bounds with the ball, he decided to try to make something happen. And that ended up costing the Chargers. So, I mean, with Justin Herbert, I think he needs to learn how to just give up on the play instead of trying to make things happen and forcing the issue because he does that a lot. And that is a rookie mistake. That's something that you can easily coach out of a quarterback, especially with um, quarterbacks coach Pelp Hamilton. So Justin Herbert, man, if you have Justin Herbert on your fantasy football team, you should start him because it could be a career day for Justin Herbert going against a Jacksonville Jaguars defense that has struggled over the last couple of weeks stopping anything. So if you're a Jaguars fan, man, what does your team have to do to be able to pull off the upset in this game? I think the first thing that you're going to have to be able to do, you're going to have to be able to have success running the football because this is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that I don't think is built to be throwing the ball 30 and 40 times a game. I think they need to get back to trying to establish the run game. And I mean, they I won't say they haven't tried, but I mean, they haven't really had a lot of success. So they need to find ways to have more success in the run game trying to get James Robinson going. And James Robinson has been pretty good for the Jacksonville Jaguars despite not really being all that effective lately in the run game because of how good he is catching the ball out of the backfield. So you need to try to get the run game going. Um, and these wide receivers have to make more plays happen in the passing game when they get the ball in their hands. Because this is a Jacksonville Jaguars offense that's not a big play offense like the Chargers. Like the Chargers and Justin Herbert, like they can throw a 60-yard, 40-yard touchdown. Meanwhile, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, man, like they're a little bit more methodical on offense. Um, they're more of, you know, get five yards here, four yards there, keep the chains moving. They aren't really all that concerned with the big play. So all their big plays comes from yak yardage. So the Jacksonville Jaguars need to get this run game going. The run game is going to open up this offense because in these West Coast offenses, like you see from the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, they like to use the run game to set up the passing game. So once the run game gets going, then you can get the passing game going. And that's why the Jacksonville Jaguars have struggled so much offensively because since they can't get the run game going, they can't get the passing game going. So if the run game is not working, the pass game isn't going to work. So... You got to get that going. You also have to be able to protect Garner Minshew because the LA Chargers have a pretty good defensive line. 
And you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars off the line that also hasn't played all that great. I mean, they got beat up up front by the Detroit Lions last week. So I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. Not a big surprise here. I think the Chargers are a way better team than the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers have a really good defense. I think the, the Jaguars could once again have another game that they go without scoring um, 20 points. And the Chargers should win this one. 31 to 17 is my final score prediction in this game. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, man, the struggles continue. I think they continue to lose another football game. And I mean, I'm starting to ponder why they decided to bring back Don Monroe. Like maybe Sean Carl saw something in this team that opted to bring in um, Doug Monroe for another season. But as of right now, man, it looks like maybe they should look at parting ways with him because I don't really know what the big goal was with bringing Doug Monroe back. Maybe he knows that Jacksonville Jaguars are supposed to be tanking. Maybe Sean Khan knows that and they already discussed that. But I mean, as far as this game goes, the Chargers should be able to win this one. I'm taking the Chargers to win over Jacksonville. The Green Bay Packers are going to be facing off against the Houston Texans. The Packers are heading into this game as a three and a half point favorite. After coming back from an all expense paid trip from Poundtown last week, after they got thrown in the dirt and tossed around like rag dolls by the Tempe Buccaneers last week. And for the Houston Texans, they found the way to once again lose a game that they should have won to the Tennessee Titans, 42-36. Now, when you look at the Green Bay Packers last week against Temple Bay, I mean, I am absolutely stunned. And a lot of Green Bay Packers fans are absolutely stunned the way that that game went down, okay? And I don't think Packers fans are, you know, stunned at the fact that they lost that game, okay? Because we knew that there was a good possibility that Temple Bay could win that game. But, I mean, I think Packers fans were stunned with the outcome of that game. The fact that they just got thrown around like that, by Temple Bay. Temple Bay handled Green Bay up front. I mean, they could get no pressure on Tom Brady. Tom Brady had enough time back there that he could go on the sideline, get a drink of water, come back and throw a touchdown. Um, he was picking he was picking daisies and flowers all day. And Green Bay's off the line got manhandled also. They gave up four sacks. So, I mean, this is a Tempe Buccaneers team that, remind you, got manhandled by Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football a week ago. Then they come to this game and make some adjustments magically in like a one-week span, and they just pound the Green Bay Packers. And, I mean, the Green Bay Packers couldn't run the football, and Rodgers played a terrible game. I mean... Initially, I thought Green Bay was going to blow out Temple Bay because the game started out 10-0. Then you had Aaron Rodgers throw that pick six when he was trying to hit Devontae Adams on that out route. And then the game just went downhill from there. And I mean, it seemed like Green Bay could never get anything going. It's like after Aaron Rodgers threw that second interception, like the momentum was just all on Temple Bay's side. And it was just nothing that Green Bay could do. Green Bay could do nothing right. And, I mean, for the Houston Texans, man, I mean, I don't know what the hell happened last week versus um, Tennessee, but once again, you find a way to lose that game some way, somehow. And for the Texans to win this game as they enter this game as a three-and-a-half-point underdog, which is surprising me because if I was the odds makers for Vegas, I would have Green Bay by at least seven. But, I mean, the Texans have to be able to stop the run, which is something that they haven't really been able to do all that, all this season because they are allowing 177 rushing yards per game, which is did last in the NFL. And Derrick Henry had 212 rushing yards for two touchdowns on 22 carries last week. So if you're Green Bay, you're licking your chops right now because you're looking at a Houston Texans team that doesn't know how to stop the run and his defense isn't great at all. 
So, I mean, Green Bay should have no problem being able to run the football effectively against the Houston Texans. But here's where the problem lies for Green Bay. Green Bay also has their own problems when it comes to being able to stop the run. They aren't good against the run neither. Ronald Jones had 113 rushing yards and two touchdowns last week against them. So, I mean, for Green Bay, man, I mean, you have to figure out a way to stop Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson has been the only heartbeat of this Houston Texans team so far this season, which isn't a surprise because, you know, it's Deshaun Watson. And aside from David Johnson, those are pretty much the two best players that they have on this offense. So, I mean... For Houston to have success running the football, they would have to be able to have a decent performance from their offensive line, which is something that I don't really know if they're going to be capable of because I doubt that Green Bay gets pounded like they did last week against Temple Bay on the ground by Houston because if that happens, then Green Bay should absolutely be embarrassed, okay? So, I mean, for Houston, can you protect Deshaun Watson? Because this is one of the best pass rushing teams in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers. Now, although we didn't see that last week against Tampa Bay, I mean, they still are really good when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback. And Deshaun Watson, this year, he's been under a lot of duress. Like, off the line, isn't even giving him a chance. And David Johnson doesn't really get a lot of daylight neither because of how bad this off the line has been. So, I mean, for Green Bay, man, I mean... This is a good chance to get back in the win column because you're facing a Houston Texans team that really can't do anything right. Now, will they be able to put some points on Green Bay? I think that they will, you know, but I think this game probably could get ugly if Houston doesn't come out and isn't able to stop the run early because we know what Tennessee wants to do with head coach Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur wants to run the football because we see what happens when Green Bay doesn't have success running the football. I said last week when I was previewing that Buccaneers game versus Packers game with my guy Juice Alert, make sure that you guys check him out. Um, I said that if Green Bay can't have success running the football on Tampa Bay, they most likely were going to win that game, were going to lose that game, excuse me. And I don't care how great Aaron Rodgers has been playing this season. I mean, the heart and soul of that Green Bay Packers team is Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and running the football up and down people's throats. And I mean, if you can't do that, and you can't do what your strength is, the majority of the time when somebody throws you off your game and takes away what you do best, I mean, you're going to lose majority of the time so i mean for green bay i mean this is the first occurrence of them getting dominated up front with their inability to run the football on good physical football teams so i mean if you're green bay you're facing the texas team that has been pretty nonchalant on the defensive line jj was pretty much the only thing they have going for them on defense justin reed hasn't really been all that great but i mean if you're houston you're facing a green bay packers team that if you are able to run the football, you can keep Aaron Rodgers off the field and you can force a couple of turnovers, this game could go your way pretty fast, okay? So, I mean, neither one of these teams wants to be down early, 21-0. But, I mean, if Houston wants to win this game, you have to be able to get a big lead on Green Bay because there's two ways to stop the run. You can either go on the field and execute and stop the run that way, or you can get up big early and force the team to have to throw the football to get back into the game. That's two ways that you can stop the run. So, I mean, for Houston, they haven't really had a lot of success stopping the run this season. That's going to be a really hard task to do. That's going to be easier said than done. And it's like with Green Bay, man, I mean, 
if you can stop Deshaun Watson and you can bait Deshaun Watson into some mistakes, which is something that Deshaun Watson is going to do because he basically has to be Superman back there because you don't really have a good coach and you don't really have a good offensive line. And your wide receivers have kind of came on over the last couple of weeks. Like, Randall Cobb has kind of came on. Brandon Cooks, we saw a little bit of an outing from him over the last two weeks. So, I mean, Will Fuller also can't sleep on him neither. So, I mean, this Houston offense is starting to come around. Like, they can put up some points on this Green Bay Packers defense. But I mean, when even then we look at that game, like Green Bay's defense was basically had their back against the corner with all of the turnovers that they had to deal with and the offense not really doing anything. So, I mean, Green Bay's defense is going to be in a more favorable matchup because I don't think that Houston's defense is going to, you know, have the performance that Tim Bay had last week. Tim Bay's offense, the majority of the time they had good field position. Green Bay only had a short field to work with. And you really couldn't ask them to do much. So, I mean, I'm going to take Green Bay to win this game without a doubt. I think Green Bay wins this game in a convincing fashion. I think Green Bay wins this one 34-17 to 17 is my final score prediction in this game. I think Green Bay is going to come back out with a vengeance. Uh, they're going to be able to run the football without any mercy from Houston because Houston hasn't been able to stop the run all year. Why would they be able to do it this game? I don't know unless something drastic happens or unless God comes and, you know, he just possesses Houston's defensive line with the ability to stop the run. But, I mean, if we're just being serious, the Green Bay Packers are obviously going to win this game. And, I mean, Houston can't stop the run. This defense hasn't really been great. And, I mean, I think Green Bay's pass rush is going to be able to get pressure on Deshaun Watson and force him to make some mistakes in this game. So, I'm taking Green Bay to win 34-17, my final score prediction. The New England Patriots are going to be at home taking on the visiting San Francisco 49ers. Now, for the Patriots, they were defeated by the Denver Broncos last week 18-12. And it was a really shocking loss because going into that game, a lot of people, including myself, felt like New England should win that game pretty easily. Well, it didn't end up going that way. Um, Cam Newton had a couple of turnovers. The New England Patriots just did not play a really good game of football on the offensive side of the ball. Now, defensively, they played really well, okay? But, I mean, for the Patriots going into this game against the 49ers, a team that does still have a pretty good defense despite the injuries that they have suffered... You're looking at the 49ers team that right now defeated the LA Rams this past Sunday, 24-16. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a bounce-back game. He was 23-33 passing for 268 pass yards, three touchdowns versus the Rams. I think that for the 49ers to win this game, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to have a big performance in this game because how he plays and how he performs in this game against his New England Patriots defense is going to determine if the 49ers win or lose this game. Okay? Now... If you're a fan of offense, you might want to find another game to watch because I don't really think you're going to see a lot of points being put up on the scoreboard in this game. I think this game should be fairly low scoring. I would be really surprised if either one of these teams is able to get at least 20 points each on the board because I think this is going to be a defensive slugfest in this game. Um, You have New England, who still has one of the best secondaries in the NFL, going against a 49ers offense that, you know, likes to run the football. And if you were to ask Kyle Shanahan, how would he prefer to win this game? Would he rather win this game by relying on Jimmy Garoppolo or would he rather win this game by running the football? I think he would rather win this game by running the football. And that's nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo is a solid quarterback, not trying to take any shots at him, okay? But all I'm saying is that with the way that the Patriots secondary has played, I mean, aside from Seattle, 
the 49ers don't have the same offense that Seattle has, okay? So, I mean, you're looking at a 49ers team that right now, I still think that against this New England Patriots defense, they could struggle in this game. Now, if they're able to get the run game going and New England doesn't have an answer for the run, then I think the 49ers have a really good game offensively. But, I mean, in all honesty, I think that what Bill Belichick is going to do He's going to take away the run game for the 49ers, and he's going to force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat this New England Patriots defense, okay? And like I said earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo, no knock against Jimmy Garoppolo, but I mean, if you're Bill Belichick, you rather Jimmy Garoppolo and this 49ers team beat you by throwing the football on your defense and by throwing the football in the secondary, which is the strength of your team, versus allowing the 49ers to run the ball all game long. Now... I think that the team who wins this game is most likely going to end up winning the time of the possession battle because time possession is going to be really critical in this game because you have two teams that like to run the football. Now, the Patriots like to run the football. At one point, they had one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL statistically until Cam Newton had to miss a couple of games with the beer bug and the offense just wasn't the same. So with Cam Newton coming back into the mix, hopefully he has a better game than he had last week against Denver. He looked a little bit rusty. But, I mean, hopefully he's able to bounce back into the shape that he was at the beginning of the season because the Patriots are going to need him to play very well in this game, and they're going to need him to be a very big part of this run game because that's what makes this Patriots offense so good when it's at its best is when they're able to run the football with Cam Newton, especially when they get inside the red zone. They're doggone near unstoppable anytime they get inside the 20 with Cam Newton and his ability to run the football. So, I mean, for the 49ers, man, um, Kyle Shanahan is regarded as one of the best offensive-minded coaches in the NFL. He's going to be matched up against the Sith master that is Bill Belichick. And for Bill Belichick, how is he going to try the game plan to stop this 49ers offense? Okay, now obviously we know that the 49ers like to run the football. So we know that New England is going to try to take away the run and force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat this team through the air. Now, the next question is going to be, how are they going to handle George Kittle? Okay, and that goes to vote to the next matchup that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the George Kittle matchup where I think that New England may try to guard George Kittle with Kyle Duggar, the rookie um, safety that they drafted in this past year's NFL draft. I would like to see that matchup. I would like to see Kyle Duggar versus George Kittle because after all, that's what they drafted Kyle Duggar for with his versatility. He's kind of able to play like a second linebacker. He like You can utilize Kyle Duggar in a lot of unique situations. So, I mean, I want to see if this matchup happens, Kyle Duggar versus George Kittle because I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen because like I said, I'm not the coach. But I'm hoping that we're able to see that match because I think it could be really interesting seeing how that rookie handles um, the task of guarding George Kittle if it comes down to that. So, I mean, obviously, if you're New England, you're going to have to find some way to take away George Kittle because he pretty much is their best um, weapon offensively. Now, for New England, the next thing that you have to worry about is you have to worry about are you going to be able to take care of the football because the New England Patriots have had a lot of um, uncharacteristic turnovers and penalties. That's something that we're not really accustomed to seeing New England do a lot because New England normally takes care of the football. They normally don't have a lot of penalties. So, I mean, for New England, man, like you can't have another three turnover game like you had last week against Denver and expect to win this game, okay? Because Denver, you only lost 18 to 12. If you were facing a better football team, then you pretty much would have got blowed out if you would have turned the football over that many times. It doesn't matter how great of a defense defense you have if you turn the football over three times the majority of the time you lose by at least seven or ten points so I mean if you're a Patriots fan this team cannot turn the ball over three times they did last week so they're gonna have to get something going on offense so I mean 
For the 49ers, the next thing I want to see is I want to see how this defensive line handles this New England Patriots um, rushing attack. Because, like I said earlier, at one point of the season, the Patriots had the best rushing offense in the NFL. And, of course, when Cam Newton went down with the beer bug, um, things kind of went downhill. So I want to see how this 49ers defensive line plays in this game and how this 49ers defense plays in this game as a whole because you're facing a New England Patriots offense that – doesn't really have a lot of star power. And, I mean, you had a really good performance against the L.A. Rams last week. So, I mean, if you're able to keep that up, you have to feel pretty good about your chances of winning this game. But the most important thing is going to be the battle of Kyle Shanahan versus Bill Belichick. I want to see who's going to get the better of that matchup. But a lot of people, when they watch football, they love watching football because of the players, the big plays, the hits, the celebrations. But me, one thing that I really love the most about the game of football is the mental aspect of the game. I love the strategy that goes to behind it. You know, scheming to try to get guys open. Scheming to try to get the run game going. Scheming on the defense side of the football to take away what a team does best offensively. Taking away their best offensive weapon or what their game plan is. That's why I love football so much. Like, I love the strategy that goes behind this game. You have two of the best masterminds in the NFL. Like, Kyle Shanahan is a really good offensive-minded head coach. And you got Bill Belichick, who happens to be one of the greatest defensive-minded coaches in NFL history. So, I want to see which head coach is going to be able to come up with the best game plan to get their team this victory. And for the Patriots, man, they really have to win this game, man. They're a two-point favorite heading into this game. And if they lose this game, they're going to drop the 2-4, and four, which you know, makes their chances of making it to the playoffs even harder than what they already are. So the team that we're going to take to win this game, I'm going to have to take the New England Patriots to win this game. Um, I'm going to have the hard time seeing the Patriots lose two straight games in a row. Although they don't have the best roster, like, I, it's just really weird if they were to drop to 2-4 and four and them losing this game to the 49ers. Now, the reason why I think the Patriots win this game is because, first of all, I think that Cam Newton has a bounce-back performance in this game. Okay, because last week he was a little bit rusty because it was his first game back ever since he had to take some time off, ever since he caught the beer bug. So I think he should be a lot better in this game. And I think that the Patriots' defense is going to give this offense for the 49ers a lot of fits. And I think that, overall, the Patriots should be able to pull off this victory. I'm going to say the Patriots win this game. 17-14 to 14 is my final score prediction in this game. I'm taking New England. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to be going on the road to face the Denver Broncos. Now, last week, the Denver Broncos put off the upset of the week when they defeated the New England Patriots 18-12. Now, for the Denver Broncos, with that win against the New England Patriots, they put themselves right back into playoff contention. Now, against the Patriots, the Broncos were really impressive. Now, I know the final score may not be all that pretty. It was only an 18-12 scoring game. But, I mean, Drew Locke. Drew Locke made some really big plays and really big moments of that game. Like, he had a really nice throw on third and long, which kept the drive alive. Like, Drew Locke played okay against the Patriots last week. And for the Chiefs, you're rolling into this thing scorching hot. I mean, you just you just destroyed the Buffalo Bills 26-17. And I mean, Kansas City, what's scary is the fact that Kansas City ran the ball for 245 rushing yards in that game. Okay? And that was with Clyde Eris Hilaire carrying the load and the run game. Now, not only do you have Clyde Eris Hilaire to deal with, but now they add Le'Veon Bell. Okay? So, I mean... Remind you, the Kansas City Chiefs had 245 rushing yards as a team on Buffalo. 
And their starting offensive linemen, half of them, didn't even play in that game. That is just downright scary right now. Like, if you're the if you're the Denver Broncos, okay, this team, believe it or not, regardless of what you Broncos fans want to believe, John Elway constructed this team to beat Kansas City. Okay, now I know a lot of people in the comment section made this grip that it means oh John Elway is in stunning Kansas City. Listen, every team in this division in the AFC West has built their team to try to beat Kansas City. Okay? Why do you think Las Vegas had so much success beating Kansas City a couple of weeks ago? If you want to beat Kansas City, you have to be able to do these three things. Okay? For the Denver Broncos, they are going into this game as a nine and a half point underdog. So obviously, we got to talk about what they need to do to be able to pull off another upset for the second straight week in a row. The first thing is going to be they need to limit the big plays. Now, Buffalo was pretty successful in terms of limiting Kansas City's offense from having these big 40, 50-yard explosive passing plays down the field. But what killed Buffalo was the fact that they were so worried about stopping the big plays in a passing game that they couldn't stop the run. So if you're Denver, your defensive line is pretty good. So, I mean, for Denver, if you're able to keep everything in front of you and you don't let Tyreek Hill or a guy like Nico Hartman or Travis Kelsey torch you for like a big 50, 50 40-yard reception or something like that, you're going to be in a good spot. Force Kansas City, force Patrick Mahomes to take what the defense gives them. The next thing that Denver has to be able to do is they have to be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. You see, the Las Vegas Raiders were able to get consistent pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And that was a large reason why they were able to win that game. So if you are the Denver Broncos, if you're able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, now listen, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a couple of plays that he does. His Patrick Mahomes magic. He breaks out of the sack. He extends the play and he throws it across his body for like a 20-yard gain and things like that. But you can live with those kind of plays, okay? Those plays as a defensive coordinator, you can live with, okay? Because it's Patrick Mahomes back there. You can live with Patrick Mahomes doing those kind of things, having those kind of plays. But as long as you keep Patrick Mahomes from having a big game where he just dots up your defense and consistently is have like 20 30 yard chunk plays you're going to be in a good position and then the most important thing that Denver has to be able to do on offense is they have to be able to attack this Kansas City Chiefs secondary vertically now Las Vegas was able to do it because it has to be on the outside with Henry Ruggs and Denver should be able to do it because you have Jerry Judy you have KJ Hamler you have some you have some weapons on the offensive side of football, that can cause some problems for the Chiefs secondary. And I think Jerry Judy, being the best wide receiver currently on this Denver Broncos team that isn't injured, I think he has to have a big performance. Now, last week, Kansas City's defense showed some weakness. That secondary got exposed, but you weren't really able to see it, and nobody really talked about it that much because Josh Allen was overthrowing everybody. So if you're Drew Locke, you have to be able to do what you do best, which is throwing the football down the field with that big arm that you got and hitting these wide receivers in stride downfield because I don't really have a lot of confidence in this secondary of Kansas City. Aside from Tyran Matthew and Thornhill, I don't really trust none of these cornerbacks that Kansas City has on their roster right now. And like I said last week, Kansas City had a lot of chances that if Josh Allen was able to hit some of those wide receivers like Stephon Diggs on that corner route, um, Buffalo could have won that game. So, I mean, if you're Drew Locke, you have Officer Coordinator Pat Shermer, he has to recognize that. He has to find ways to attack that Kansas City Chiefs secondary 
vertically, which is going to be easier said than done because, I mean, when you try to attack the Chiefs secondary, you're not going to have a lot of time to do that because you have to worry about these pass rushers. You have to worry about Frank Clark. You have to worry about Chandler Jones So or Chris, Chris Jones, excuse me. So, I mean, it's easier said than done of being able to attack the Kansas City Chiefs secondary. But, I mean, Denver can do it if they do get some side protection from their offensive line. Drew Locke is a really hard quarterback to bring down. So, I mean, if there's any quarterback who can throw the football downfield and attack this Kansas City Chiefs corners in this secondary, it would be Drew Locke because he's really good in terms of throwing the football down the field deep. Now, for Kansas City, what you need to be able to do is you need to get pressure on Drew Locke, throw some exotic blitzes at him, get pressure on him. He's really hard to bring down for some odd reason. He's not the most athletically gifted person. Like, he's not like a Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, but he's really nimble back there um, in the pocket. So that's what makes him so hard to bring down. So if you're in Kansas City, you need to get some pressure on Drew Locke, force him into some mistakes, force him to make some bad reads. And the most important thing is going to be taking away the run game from Denver. If you force Denver to have to throw the football to win this game, I think that is something that you know could go in your favor. Now, if you allow Denver to have success running the football, then it may be a long afternoon for Kansas City because if Denver's able to run the football, then they can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. They can control time possession. They can control the. They can basically control the game. So, I mean, for Kansas City, this is a game that I'm really interested in watching to see how Kansas City handles this Denver Broncos offense. Because, like I said, John Elway, if you Denver Broncos fans want to believe it or not, built this team to stop or compete with Kansas City, to beat Kansas City. And almost every team in this division has constructed their roster to beat Kansas City or find a way to exploit Kansas City. And a good way to exploit Kansas City is by throwing the football downfield, attacking those cornerbacks, which I don't really have a lot of confidence in. Because like I said last week, those cornerbacks didn't really play all that well against Buffalo. The only reason why nobody really talked about the cornerback struggles that Kansas City had was because Josh Allen simply wasn't able to connect. But you saw what Henry Ruggs was able to do with the Las Vegas Raiders. They were able to have a lot of success throwing the football downfield on Kansas City's secondary. So I think if Denver can do that and replicate that performance that the Raiders had, they have a good shot winning this game. But ultimately, I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. The Kansas City Chiefs are hot right now. They have all the momentum, and Denver has a lot of momentum as well. But I just think that Kansas City, with how they've been playing on offense, it's really hard for me to choose against them. Now, would they cover that nine-and-a-half uh, point spread? I don't know. But I do think that Kansas City right now, with how they've been playing, is the best team in the NFL. So I'm going to have to take Kansas City to get the victory 27-2. to. 20 is my final score prediction in this game. I'm taking the Chiefs.